like. It is um, pretty common knowledge that we Christians have put on our camouflage. In other words, we can bow to the assumption that some of us are choosing rather than to live a life boldly for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we're choosing to put on our camouflage and simply blend in. And I'm here to tell you that it is strictly against what Jesus calls us to do. And that is strictly against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I'm all about, I've read a book recently, Eidelman is the, the author. It's called Not a Fan. I am being convicted not to be a fan of Jesus Christ, but an all-in follower. And to be a follower, if we have been created in his image and likeness, which if you haven't figured it out, we all have. If we have been created in his image and likeness, we are image bearers. And that is a holy and sacred privilege. And with that then comes some responsibility. It was pretty cool. In early church today, Stuart actually had the full-fledged camouflage coverall on. And then he took it off. It was really cool. Wish I had thought of that, but I didn't. <laughs> anyway, we are called. This is, this is a call to holiness. A call to step up to be who we are instructed to be. To be all in, not to blend in, not to back off of, of how and what we feel God calling us to say and do, but to, to take off the coveralls, to take off the, the attitude of blending in, and to stand up with confidence, to stand up with the authority and the empowerment that God gives us through his spirit to be Jesus in the flesh. So with that in mind, let's go to, well, first of all, I need to ask you the question, are you blending in? And I'll answer it for you. We all are. We all are in some way or another. So I ask that as you are listening to this this morning, you allow the Holy Spirit to kind of point you in some directions where you and God need to do some work together this week. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Excuse me, 1 through 9. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means holy. It is God's will that each one of us should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his or her own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And that in this manner no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure. God did not call us 
to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, so what does it mean to be holy? Holy means sanctified. It means set apart. It means, I made a whole list here. Let me see if I can find it. Sacred, dedicated, or consecrated. It has nothing to do with blending in. Set apart, boldly, confidently claiming who we are. Now, I... I worship the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't worship John Wesley, the founder of United Methodism. But today he has some important things to say, and I'm going to share those with you. John Wesley said this, Holiness is the presence or character of God reflected in the quality of our moral and spiritual lives. I I responded audibly to your prayer, Kevin, when you said the whole mirror thing. That's, That's what John Wesley is saying we as United Methodists, we as Christians are supposed to be doing. We are to be mirror images of Jesus Christ, reflecting his love, his light. So a life of holiness, easy in scripture, hmm, number one, it's pleasing to God So are your choices one to be all in? Are you a follower or are you a fan? And where where is God saying to you today, uh, it's time to shed that camouflage, get real, take off the mask, let me work in and through you. A life pleasing to God. You know, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, "You're, you're already doing some good things. But do lots more. So what is it in your life today that you can say, okay, I'm abstaining from some things. I've made some very clear choices. These are the things not to do to please God. But then there are also some things that I have to add on. I have to live out. I have to make a choice to do in order that my life may be pleasing to God. Where are you? What are those kinds of things? Where is God calling you? A life of holiness, secondly, free from sexual sin. (laughs) The Greek culture in Thessalonica, two things were important. Polygamy, promiscuity. The more, the better, the the pride, the, the confidence, everything came from that kind of sexual behavior. Yeah, I feel myself making a face. God says, uh uh-uh. Don't do what everybody else is doing if it's not pleasing to me. Make a choice. Take a stand. Decide how, you know, not decide, uh, discern how I am calling you to live a life set apart. And then allow me to help you. Allow me to empower you through my Holy Spirit. Thirdly, a life of holiness is when we honor and control our body. Our society today is so focused on the physical, the material. Our body, our physical body, is a shell for our very being, the soul, the essence of who we are. 
Everything that we do with our body should be out of respect and love for Jesus our Savior. I mean, that runs the gamut to what we put in it, food and drink-wise, to what we, we say or do, to what we read, to what we watch on TV. I mean, open it up and feel how the Holy Spirit's convicting you this morning. Where do you, where do I have to do some work with living a life that is pleasing to God, honoring, controlling our body? taking good care of our body. Come on. We can all do better. And finally, living a life of holiness is when we love others. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. And I just have to interject here that I do believe that Christians can cross the line. And when we take on our bold authority that Christ gives us, Sometimes we hurt other people in the way we condemn them, in the way we criticize them, in the way we come up as holier than thou. So let's keep that in mind as we think about how God is leading us personally into that life of holiness, that life that is set apart. Now, I know, you know, this is going to sound like school, but it's applicable to everybody. And you need to know this because today I want you to understand what holiness is. Next week, Maria is going to be here and she'll, she'll teach on why we should live a, a life of holiness. And then finally, in week three, how do we do that? So you've got to have the foundation. Here are the three things I want you to understand about holiness. First of all, there is a personal holiness. And for me, this is the foundation of all all that I am. Personal holiness. It is our personal, our intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I can do a lot of talking about living a life of holiness, but if Jesus and I don't have personal time together, if I am not on my knees or opening up to what Jesus is teaching me, if I am not all in as a follower of Jesus, then it's not going to do much good. So first off, you need this week to be aware and be very intentional at looking at the ways in which perhaps God is calling you to a deeper relationship with him. Now I look out across this room and I know that there are a lot of you who are very devout. But God, you know, doesn't want us to be stagnant or stay in a rut. God wants us to continue to learn and grow following the example of Jesus. We are called to live a life of transformation. So there is always work for us to do. So personal holiness, that's the foundation. And then next I would add to that relational holiness. Now this, I would suggest, is this. The way we Christians relate to others and serve them on a day-to-day -day basis. Relational, how we relate. Come on, it doesn't take rocket science. <clears throat> Alrighty. Now, relational holiness. I believe it's rooted and grounded in a vibrant and ever-deepening relationship with Jesus Christ. It's 
We've always got to want more. We've always got to, to be open to what Christ has for us. And we need to be open to seeing and hearing how God may be nudging us, pushing us out of our comfort zones a bit, and then to act on what I call a nudge, or sometimes it's a holy push when we don't want to do something, but we feel sure God is calling us to say or do it. Now, three ways about relational holiness. The first is how we relate to God. So that should be a given. That, that's from the foundation of personal holiness. How we relate to God, then of course how we manage our emotions. And that's where I want to jump back around to how we as Christians sometimes, um, what's, the, what's the phrase, shoot ourselves in the foot? When, we, when we're so passionate about something that we turn out to be ugly and condescending and demeaning and just plain rude to somebody else. When somebody gets on your last nerve and you just mm, can't stand it, especially if you and that person are differing on a theological matter or a political stance, all that's going on in the world today, the worst thing we can do for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is to flat out tell him off and say it's my way or the highway. Now, some of you may disagree with that. Some of you may be called to boldness like Jesus was in the temple when he threw the tables off, over. I believe there is a time and a place for that boldness. Each one of us needs to listen to God's direction through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have the right. We don't have the right to be ugly and nasty in the name of Jesus. I'm just saying. Is God calling us to boldness? Is God calling us to confidence and empowerment like never before? Absolutely. I feel this stronger, don't you? Our world needs us more than ever to shine the light of Christ. But in a way that shines, spreads, exudes, emits love. Love. Love is tough. Love is hard. It is hard to love others who, who have a different opinion than us, who look differently, think differently than us. And it is very easy for us as human beings to jump right in there and, and tell them how it should be and what's the right way. But you know, sometimes I believe Jesus wants us to live our witness. Way back, I think it's the 11th or 12th century, it was St. Francis of Assisi. Look him up. He's a cool guy. He preached to the birds if nobody else would listen. That's, anyway, I think that's really cool. But he said this, at all times preach the gospel. At all times preach the gospel and when necessary use words. Do you know how the world around us is watching us? A lot of people know that you're here this morning. Sunday morning for an hour, for two, they know you're here. They don't watch you here, 
But they watch you at work. They watch you at school. They watch how you choose to live your life. The things that you choose to say and do and the things that you choose not to say and do. And this is where I believe we need to step it up. We're in a fishbowl. And Christianity doesn't really have a great name. Because we're choosing to look condescendingly on others. Or we're choosing to point out their faults and forget to look at our own. I'm speaking for me. God has really been working on me this week. So please don't feel like I'm preaching at you. This is tough. But if we're, if we're going to truly mirror and reflect the image of Christ, I say it a lot, but we've got to step it up a few notches. All righty, finally, the other expression of holiness is social holiness. And this is truly how Christians reflect God's love in the world. Simple as that. You know, in Acts 17, it says, um, it's in him that he, it, God gives us life and breath and all things to all people. It's in him we live and move and have our very being. You remember that. So think of this physically. I mean, this is, this is me in the morning. I know this is not everybody. But you think of truly breathing in the spirit of the living God. And then you're breathing out that same spirit through our interactions with others. Breathing in the spirit of God. You, you, you see the cycle, right? You know this. Okay, humor me a bit. If you feel like you can close your eyes, please do so. Take a big breath in through your nose. Breathe in. And then exhale. Do it again. Breathe in. And breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. And breathe out. Now, I would suggest that you and I take some time during each day to... To physically do that, to remind ourselves that we are truly taking in the Spirit of Christ and emitting it, letting it flow in and through us. Don't allow your body to be disconnected from your soul. Take some time. That's not a new agey thing, it's a Spirit of God thing. I'm serious. The way we take in the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with how we interact with other people. John Wesley said, our calling or our vocation, the very purpose, the reason we are here on this earth is to live as the image of God in the world that needs him so. That's pretty clear. To live in other words, to receive the love of God, to be in relationship, to be in communion with him in such a way that all of the gifts and the, the, the talents and the skills that he has blessed us with are for a purpose, not for us, but then to flow through us so that we can have the privilege of making a difference. Bill Reeves used to draw a funnel. Do you remember that? How he would, he would talk about... God's pouring in that living water. We got to get all, get all the obstacles out of the way. 
Let that living water flow in and through us so that Christ's love, Christ's light can flow. That's our calling. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. The love of God reflected in human actions. Wow. John Wesley had a Wesleyan way of living. There are books out if you want it. It's easy. It's called Three Simple Rules. And the first one is this. Do no harm. Do no harm. The way we interact with others. Oh, my goodness. I had several holy two-by-fours this week. (laughs) Do no harm. How are you interacting? How are you in relationship with others? And what is God calling you to do or not do so that it can improve, so that you can continue to be transformed, so people know that there's something different about you? God said you are holy because I am holy. If we're going to claim fully that holiness, then then we aren't going to be saying and doing harmful things to one another. Do no harm. Secondly, do good. (laughs) Sounds pretty easy. But isn't that a choice? I know how hard school is, and it's a lot harder now than when I was in, in middle school and high school, grade school. You have to make a choice. Because people are mean and nasty, and they are are putting on pressure to do the, the end thing. God says, I got you, but stand firm. Do no harm. Don't retaliate. When somebody's being mean and nasty to you, do good. That's what Jesus said when he said, turn the other cheek. You feel the depth of this? Do you feel the difficulty? Do you feel what God is calling us to do? We've, we've got work to do this week. Third one, third simple rule, stay in love with God. Claim it because it is a choice. You can go through a day or two or three, a whole week, and not having had priority time with God, just kind of tootling along, doing your own thing. And God's saying, my beloved kids, I love you. Sure wish you would spend some time with me. I just want to be in deeper relationship with you. What can you do this week so you can uh, nurture that relationship with your heavenly father? He's calling you. He wants that. He wants to be in personal, intimate relationship with you. That's the foundation. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. This, I've used this before, but I want, to, um, I want to put this mental image or picture in your mind of how we might be able to live out those three simple rules. Uh, I'm going to start with the amplified version. Thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. We're trophies of Christ's victory. How about that? I don't think I've ever won a trophy, but I am a trophy through Jesus Christ. You claim it as well. 
I don't care what anybody else is telling you, what that negative voice is telling you. You are Christ's trophy. Through, um, Christ always leads us in triumph and through us spreads and makes evidence the fragrance of the knowledge of God. We are to emit a fragrance. Hmm. And with this type of spiritual fragrance, we have a choice. We have a choice of how we smell. We are the sweet fragrance of Christ which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter, to those who have not who do not know Jesus or who choose to live a life apart from Jesus, this smell is the smell of death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. But to the former, to believers, this smell is an aroma from life to life. Are you getting it? This is the good news. We should celebrate a vital fragrance, living and fresh. I love this part. Who is qualified? Well, you know that answer. Who is qualified? Who is fit and sufficient for these things? Who is able for such ministry? What did the song say? Who do we say that you are? You're qualified. You have everything you need to emit the aroma of Jesus Christ. But some of you and I are choosing to back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe just a little aroma. What is it? What, it it's, um, is it Abercrombie and Fitch that you walk by and it almost knocks you over? Is it, is it that? Yes. They have those machines, I think, that smell, make the fragrance, you know, overpower you. I was in JCPenney, I hadn't been there in a while, but they have this new makeup and beauty area, and I walked by and I almost was knocked over by the smell. Keep that image in mind because that's what Jesus Christ is calling us to do. That's what we're supposed to be. Through the way we live our lives, people should know how we smell. I'm just saying. Verse 17, we are not like many, like hucksters making a trade of peddling God's word, shortchanging and adulterating the divine message. Ooh, this is hard stuff. But like men of sincerity and the purest of motive, we are commissioned and sent by God. We speak his message in Christ the Messiah in the very sight and presence of God. Now that'll preach. I'm getting fired up about this. You know, being, being the aroma, being trophies for Christ isn't always drudgery. This is joy-filled life. Christ wants us to be in joy-filled obedience. Let me read you. It's not, I, I don't have it up on the screen, but let me read you part of what the message says. Uh, because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent, a sweet scent to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation. Is anyone competent to take it on? 
No. But at least we don't take God's word and water it down and then take it to the streets and sell it cheap. Hmm. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. You know, when, when Kevin was leading us in holy, 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 my, my initial response was to bow down to my knees. I can't imagine what it'll be like when we get to heaven, but we don't have to wait until then. We are supposed to be living and speaking, breathing, serving in the presence of God. What does that look like? How does that feel? What does it smell like to you? We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. We get what we say straight from God and say it as honestly as we can. That's the clincher right there. We get it straight from God and we say it as honestly as we can. We're going to speak the truth according to how the Holy Spirit leads us. That will be holding people accountable according to how God leads us. That may ha mean having some very difficult conversations with brothers and sisters if you're, if you're concerned. But there's a way in which to do that. There's a way in which to speak, to live. That when you are finished talking... And may I add, when you are finished listening, listening to them, then they will know who you follow. And they will know that you are not just a fan. No more camouflage. It's time to take off all that stuff. It's time that we choose to to be set apart, not to blend in. I pray that this week you will seek God's guidance as to how you are being led to live a life in love. Let it be so. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.